I've spent a bit of time recently on episodes for job seekers and how to go all about it, including training pathways. However, it seems despite that, there are a few topics I may have omitted to discuss as well. I guess I figured they were pretty obvious. In this episode, I'll discuss professionalism, how to go about deciding when it's time to go for the next step, as well as methods for flight instructors to help their students get job ready. All that and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get in. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 97 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. From Dubbo to Dongara, Denham to Darwin, this is the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. G'day, I'm your host, Trent Robinson, and in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into professionalism, the process of securing a job in the aviation industry where people are going wrong, from the mindset required to decide when it's time to take the next step, transitioning from GA to the airlines, as well as tips for instructors to develop their students to be ready for industry from graduation. Before I get into that special announcement, the 20th Friday, the 20th of October, I will be at the Royal Victorian Aero Club conducting a seminar, my top end flying seminar, where I talk about all the operators, all the issues that are going on, things to note and how to prepare a resume and go through the job interview process. So that'll be at the Royal Victorian Aero Club at six o'clock. Uh, chance to say good day and have a bit of a meet, and we'll kick that off about six thirty. Uh, should be drinks and nibbles provided and everything, and it should be a fantastic night. Look forward to meeting you all, and uh, also working on possibly doing the presentation on the other side of Melbourne. So I don't have these problems in Darwin because it's so small, but uh, I might be doing something on the west side of Melbourne as well. Uh, just working on that soon. So stay tuned on the social media networks. I will share that uh, info and where you can go to register. And I certainly look forward to meeting all of you there. little recap on uh, the other week. I was uh, invited back over to Broome. Had a busy few days there. Some fantastic weather. Uh, it's just starting to get a little bit humid. Rain just before I got there, uh, which a little bit ahead of Darwin. But Darwin is definitely caught up now. But it was great to meet the old crew um, at uh, and some of the new crew as well at Broome Aviation, as well as the team at Aviair and uh, Horizontal Falls preparing for future work opportunities together there. So well done to Chloe, competing her gas turbine engine and uh, design feature and the caravan flight review. So Chloe, you may remember, she featured in episode 69 where I interviewed her when she was just starting out in her career. And it's fantastic to see her progressing and uh, now having a crack at the caravan. She's about to start 50 hours of Vicus and uh, get to know the beast well. So Chloe, enjoy and it was awesome flying with you. Uh, as a result, I have had a few requests to do an episode on gas turbine engines and uh, the caravan. So I'll definitely do that uh, sometime in the very near future. Thank you for everyone for the suggestions. Also, well done to Carly, uh, the head of operations or head of flying operations, completing her IPC after a big long break from maternity leave. And also Jeffrey at Avier completing his flight proficiency check. Bridge instructor rating, all part of uh, getting the check and training role there at Avier. And uh, as I mentioned, I'll probably hopefully be back soon doing some other training there in the near future. Also,
also caught up with Alex and the team at Horizontal Falls. They're all just wrapping up their season in the uh, caravan float planes. And uh, it was just great to see broom bustling and, and, and plenty going on and, and just working on relationships with all these other companies. Really gives me great insight into the GA industry, the challenges facing everyone. Uh, it's helping keeping me keep my finger on the pulse and uh, in turn passing it all on to you, my amazing listeners. But also to ensure that the training that I deliver can be adapted for the variety of operations that are out there. It's really important to make sure if you're getting advice, that's the right advice and not just based on old opinions or uh, old data. And I take this podcast very seriously, as I've said. So I really want to make sure the info I give is as accurate and up-to-date as possible. And that in turn leads me on to this episode, uh, the, the, the topic, which is something I have been touching on recently, as I mentioned, but also has uh, stemmed from my discussions with various operators uh, throughout the Territory, Broome, Kununurra, and down in Perth. And it is applicable to pilots and operators everywhere, whether you are just getting your first job or starting your training or even already employed and moving on to the next phase. So let's start with the foundation, pilot attitudes and their attitudes towards their jobs and training. So when you're embarking on this journey, remember that aviation demands quite a unique mindset and being a pilot isn't just a job. It's about demonstrating safe practices and being professional in everything you do, not to mention fitting into a team. Whilst we fly by ourselves most of the time until we move into a multi-crew, you're still part of a team and need to fit into that company organization well. And this is 100% being looked at when you walk into the building, go in for a job interview, um, or, or just have any interactions with those companies. Cockiness and poor attitude have no place in the cockpit and operators are not interested in employing pilots exhibiting these qualities. Now, like I said in the intro, I wouldn't have thought I have to mention this yet. Here I'm hearing stories uh, week after week of people not getting jobs because they think they're just entitled to get one. Here I am, I've done the training, I've uh, got the hours, I've flown a 210, where's my job? And and some people are honestly being that uh, blunt. <laughs> and I yeah, can't even believe it. So if if you've, uh, you know, come from a, a world where you're used to getting your way, well, you're in the big world now, you're in the big pond. And if you do that, you can pretty much kiss a career goodbye because no one's going to touch you with a 10-foot pole. Instructors listening, it's really important that early on we, we recognize these things and we must instill the importance of discipline, professionalism, and continuous learning through student training. Right? It is rather obvious at the moment that there are graduates from various training schools, some more than others, who are self-entitled, feel the world owes them a career, and are completely out of touch with reality. So by all means, be proud of what you do, wear your uniform if you've got one with pride. You know, you've earned it, you've worked hard for it, you should be, but don't forget who you are and where you're going. As I said earlier, you might be the big fish in your own world, but you aren't anymore. You need to be humble, put the work in, and earn your way. So this does mean potentially washing aeroplanes, loading bags, refueling aeroplanes, working operations. You shouldn't be doing it for free. I've always uh, said that. I'm dead set against that. But you've got to work up to it. And people will notice. 
you do those jobs well, you'll get through that, that stage very, very quickly. All right, so let's talk about presenting yourself effectively for job interviews and job applications, right? So it's not just your physical appearance, but your demeanor. So dress professionally, not over the top, of course. Smart casuals, fine, don't necessarily need to be in uniform. But people are still showing up in shorts and a shirt because in their mind, they're just dropping off a resume. This isn't the interview, right? You're going to be noted and you're dead in the water already. It just, you're not going to go any further. If that's all you care about uh, submitting your resume, which is a piece of paper reflecting your future career prospects, everything that you have worked so hard for over the last 12, 24, 36 months, however long it's been, um, then you're letting yourself down big time. So leave the cockiness at the door. Overconfidence can be just as detrimental as a lack of confidence. Aspiring aviators set realistic expectations. The aviation industry can be challenging and it is competitive. Are we in a pilot favorable uh, marketplace right now? Absolutely. But that does not mean you're just going to walk in and get a job just because you showed up. Despite what you may think, right? just because you've got the qualifications doesn't get you the stripes. You may have heard simply turning up somewhere expecting a job straight away because they're desperate. It's false. All right. They're not going to put someone in that's the wrong fit. Companies would rather struggle with a shortage of pilots with the right people than have someone who requires constant management and time put into them and is not a team player. It can do more damage than is good. So be prepared to put in the effort. And this can be employed like doing all those other aspects. As I said, do whatever you can and go over and above. It will get noticed. It will get recognized and you will get through. There are face setbacks. All right. You may face those for sure. You may be offered a job and then it falls through at the last minute. I know this happens all the time. But remember, perseverance and remaining humble and professional is the key. If you start getting bitter and twisted, it will show and you're going to let yourself down. How about job interviews and simulator assessments? Thorough preparation is a must. Pay attention to the small details. They can make a big difference. Dress professionally, again, to smart casuals, fine, but research the airline or company thoroughly. Practice your interview and your simulator skills. Do not use the excuse, oh, I haven't flown a sim for a while, I haven't been flying for a while, um, as an excuse. All right. Interview assessments are your chance to shine and demonstrate your commitment to safety and professionalism. Not being familiar with the approaches, the approach plates, the type of aircraft being used, it's not an excuse. If you've never flown it before, we understand that. You can't fly every aeroplane that's in use. But do some basic research. Try and get familiar with some speeds, some settings, some attitudes, so that you've shown some commitment and some aptitude that you're willing to put in the work and prepare for something. That's a tick in itself. All right? You will get told, and there is ample information online or provided for you. Most operators will give you a little package or something. We'll have some basic details depending on the complexity of the operation. But know your air law. Get to know the aeroplane. Treat simulator assessments as the real deal and take it seriously. All right, showing up unprepared just shows poor attitude. 
And if that's how you treat your job application, what are you going to be like once you are employed? These are the things employers are looking for. Don't make the same mistakes. All right, let's address a common stereotype about Gen Y. The notion that they expect everything to be handed to them. Now, while this stereotype doesn't hold true for everyone, it is essential to emphasize regardless that success in aviation, as with any field, requires hard work. Aviation industry requires dedication and it rewards dedication and a strong work ethic, regardless of your generation. We all know what you want a flying job. Most of us have been there before. Some are lucky and we just got straight into it. It almost got offered to us. Others have had to do what you're doing. The offer will be put on the table and it is up to you to either accept it or reject it. However, my advice would be this. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So many young pilots have had their eyes bigger than their stomach and turned down jobs in pursuit of something bigger, faster or better, often beyond their means, only to end up with nothing and their friends going on without them. Don't be greedy. Whilst it may not be the best option at the time, it's only human to try and get the best gig you can. Flying hours, however, are flying hours. And often I find had pilots taken the job in the first place, that would be enough to get them over that 500 to 800-hour hump in no time at all and on to bigger and better and, if anything, skip a step in between. Instead, they're just watching everyone else go on and waste time. So about that bigger and better opportunity, moving on. The transition from general aviation to airlines can be a significant step in your career, but so can be going from a basic GA job to one that's more sophisticated and professional. But how many hours are enough? How much experience is enough? How do you know? There is no real magic number. Your GA journey is a crucial phase of your development though. We have a fortunate situation and, and setup in Australia where general aviation exists for you to go and fill your boots in all sorts of different types of aircraft, backgrounds, aerodromes, airspace, and countryside. Gain experience, become a well-rounded pilot, and don't rush into an airline job too soon. Right? GA days are honestly some of your best I know some graduates from airline programs have just been so grateful just to have had that taste of GA, if only for a short while. The simple fact is now that some graduates are now going into Jetstar and Q-Link and that sort of thing with some 250 hours. All right, But getting quality flight time and command time will serve you well down the track. If you go into an airline environment too soon without those command hours, you'll be sitting in the right seat for quite some time. The flying can be varied, opportunities endless. Remember, quality of experience often trumps quality. Applying for a job is one thing, passing the sim and the line flying is another, and some are coming home empty-handed. So you are being employed with a set of skills you claim to hold as per your resume. So if you haven't had time to consolidate them beyond your basic training, this can leave you at risk. If you get that chance to consolidate those skills, and even put in some time yourself to maintain currency and proficiency, then I thoroughly recommend you can you take advantage of that and do it. So how about the instructor's role in all this? In shaping the right attitude in students, it, it just can't be understated. So instructors are not only uh, there just to teach people how to fly, but 
They are mentors, guiding future pilots. They instill professionalism, a strong work ethic, and a commitment to safety. So to all the instructors listening, you hold the power to shape the future of aviation. Make it count. Lead by example. Don't be afraid to drop your students' ego down a few notches if it's required. You'll be doing them a huge favour, even if they don't realise or appreciate it at the time. If you've got a student that is performing well, make it harder. Don't be stupid and ridiculous about it, but keep encouraging them to excel and be better than they are. Be the best they can be. This is what we need to do. We've got a syllabus there. We have a chance to make some really good, well-rounded pilots. But how can you train better commercial pilots who are job ready? Well, first of all, you've got to have an idea of what's out there. And I've covered this topic time and time again, and I get it that it's not always practical for you to go out there. But there are plenty of other things you can do to keep your hand and finger on the pulse of what's going on in the commercial GA world. Communication is key. So encourage open dialogue and mentorship. Share your experiences, both the triumphs and the challenges. Teach your students not just to fly, but to understand the intricacies of aviation operations, regulations, and the type of decision-making opportunities they're going to have, such as the wet season in the top, top end and top half of Australia. What to do in emergency procedures. What is it like working as a team? Whether it's a flight crew, working with other pilots, helping each other, being courteous to operations and maintenance personnel, the interactions of ATC, even the refuelers. We all can't do what we do without the other. So be a company woman or man. Don't just be there for yourself. I say this to my instructors all the time. I don't mind if this is a stepping stone in your career, but whilst you're here, you do your 100% and then some. You give everything to this job until you're not doing it anymore. But as an instructor, seek opportunities for yourself wherever you can. If you can't go off and do another charter job, there's things like aircraft ferry trips, upskilling, other endorsements or ratings, attend seminars and workshops, meet with and most of all, listen to the Flight Training Australia podcast. All right. So that wraps up today's episode. Getting a job in the aviation industry is undoubtedly a challenging endeavor at times. But I promise you, with the right mindset, presentation and dedication, it's entirely achievable. Not to mention some of the most rewarding experiences you'll have in your lifetime. Whether you're a student pilot, seasoned aviator, or an instructor examiner, remember that aviation is a journey, not a destination. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses and take it all in. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining me. If you've got any questions, you'd like to share your own experiences or anything, you can connect with me. All the links are in the episode description below. And uh, if you're loving what you're hearing, I keep asking and I am receiving. Some of you have left some absolutely epic uh, podcast reviews on the Apple Podcast Forum. And you're also utilizing the uh, chance to leave a comment on episodes in Spotify. Please keep doing that. That's fantastic. Really, really appreciate it. And if you are loving what you are hearing, then please support the podcast fully tax-deductible membership through Patreon 
and all the details are in the episode description below and after three months as some are doing you get a free sticker or a beautiful coffee mug which you can kick back and enjoy the podcast and drink your favorite hot brew all right guys thank you again for listening blue skies and until next time remember the golden rule aviate navigate communicate